For the listener, the other day, I'm sitting at home minding my own business when I started getting a Snapchat that's like, or maybe it's a text from Emily Toby, and she's like, "I timed this wrong," <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, what? What are you talking about?" And she goes, "My bagels won't be ready until 10 p.m." <laughs> and I was accurate as hell because I yeah, was- it took a long time. What? Okay, here's, as as I think we all know at this point, I'm kind of like just into back back to simple fundamentals, um, and I had I have sourdough starter, which is like a, a it's like natural yeast essentially. Um, it's just flour and water, and then it ferments, and then there's and then it's just rot. Yeah, basically though, and there's just like a little community of like bacteria and yeast in this little thing. So anyway, so you use that to make like legit sourdough. And I found a recipe for bagels that uses this. So I'm literally just using that flour and water to make bagels. So was it was it sourdough bagels? Yeah. And then I put um, okay. I did sesame seeds on top. So why did it take like 15 hours yeah. to get this And this done? is why I need to time it better. Is because there's a portion of it that's supposed to sit quote unquote overnight. <laughs> which come morning time I didn't really pay attention to. So I was like, I only sleep for eight hours, so I guess that's long enough. Um, but I, I think, yeah. uh, so anyway, I did. I let it do that for eight hours, and then I made my dough, and I let that rise appropriately, and then I boiled my bagels, and then I baked them. It's a, so you did boil. Yeah, no, I made, like, I'm going for the real deal. Like, I want them to and be, did, like, New York-y. Did it taste good it did taste good it was very dense and that's why i think i need to let Mm. my uh like overnight be overnight like a solid like Mm -hmm. 12 hours Mm -hmm. but no first attempt at like legit bagel making and how many did you make uh it was supposed to yield 12 but i made Mm -hmm. 10 and they were still kind of small so i think it's and what does one do with 10 bagels um I ate, uh, most of them. (laughs) I ate... Emily! Okay, they, again, they were kind of small. I ate two that night because I earned it. (laughs) Sure, that's fine. I was like, I definitely earned two bagels. Uh, And fresh, you gotta eat them. uh, And they were so good fresh. Oh my god. And my apartment smelled amazing too, by the way. Like, it was some sour sourdough. it. It was delicious. Um, but yeah, hot out of the oven with some butter was real nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I had uh, some for breakfast. <laughs> I gave some to my friend, and then I ate one at her place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had one today, and now I have no more. That's a lot of bagels, Emily. I know, but I feel like I earned it. <laughs> no, I mean, you earned a couple. Jason, <laughs> <laughs> I was working do, And you just do, you just do butter? I did cream cheese on some of them. I, they weren't like great to slice to toast. That would like I want to mm-hmm. get it. I'm gonna get it right. I'm gonna get the texture right. I'm trying again this weekend. Sure. Um. So yeah, I mostly just did butter and it was pretty good. 
I don't. I never put cream cheese on bagels. I don't understand cream cheese. I love cream cheese. At the at like you know real bagel places, they have like thirty different kinds kinds of cream yeah. cheese. Uh, went this went this weekend. They had um, cookies and cream cream cheese. So it was like Oreos crushed up Ooh, inside of it. What would you put like? What does they go on a chocolate chip bagel? I don't know. Gross. Uh, no bagels. No bagels that's coming near my mouth. I don't mouth. like it. You don't even. You don't, don't legit, like... you don't like like a bagel and cream cheese. No, I don't. I, cream cheese just. I, I don't know what it is. Like it's part butter, part cheese. Like it, I can't tell what it is, and my brain gets confused. I get confused pretty easy. Oh my god! Like I love cream cheese. I've been eating. I I bought whipped cream cheese with chive. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was eating that off of crackers this week. Like it was. That's the thing people do. People are just. Are people doing. All right. I felt really dumb, but okay. Oh, no, no, no. People go to town on cream Dope. cheese. What kind? You do Philadelphia? Yeah. I think that's a good, a good choice. I think. I don't know. But you go to these bagel places and if you don't like cream cheese, like I don't, like, like if you, even if you just want to be like, oh, maybe I'll have a little. No, 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 no. They put like. Three yeah. inches of cream cheese on the bagel. Like, you have to commit to a whole lot of cream cheese. Yeah. It's a whole It's a whole thing. No, it needs to be properly applied, but if done if done correctly, it should be a pleasurable experience. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this, this is going to be my new chicken noodle soup. You know what I mean? Like, because I got that. For a little bit. You you went quick through the homemade pasta phase. No, That's still. Like, is that no, over? No, still making it. This weekend I made a bunch of whole wheat pasta for my friend. Tried a That's new gonna recipe. Be a thing. That's the thing I want to do. How do you do that in your apartment, though? You have, like, no space for that. I'm just really organized and efficient. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I make it work. Teresa and I have made uh, once now, but we're going to do it again this week. Um, uh, zuc- um, spaghetti squash? Spaghetti? No. Have you done it? I don't like squash. Oh, it's so good. I, it comes out real nice. I don't know why. I've tried squash every way that you could make a squash, and I do not like it. Have you done spaghetti squash? Yeah, I don't like it. I think you're lying just to get out of this conversation. No, I still want to hear how about your spaghetti squash. No, 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 no. The, the conversation is over now that you've, <laughs> what do you, you've ended it. What do you do? It, do you put sauce on it? We didn't. We put um, olive oil, lots lots of salt because it's like sweet, you yeah. know? And I don't, I don't do sweet dinner. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why you would. Maybe that's why I don't like cream cheese. They put cream cheese in everything. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> And I get mad when they're like, hey, here's a dessert. Like, oh, what's in it? Cream cheese? No. Like, not in dessert products, please. So you need dessert to be sweet, and you need your meal to be savory. And you, I you just don't never, like I never get to the end of a meal and, was like, and, some, and, and want cheese. Oh, my and God. That's, we're not such, de- that's not dessert. We're such opposite people. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be thrilled if someone surprised me after after like ice cream and they were like, "Oh, by the way, here's some nice like brie." I'd be like, "Thank God." Some nice brie. <laughs> some camembert. Oh, I'm making my yeah, way through yeah. a camembert at the moment. That's the next thing is you're going to start making your own cheese. I'm not going to lie, it 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 hasn't not crossed my mind. <laughs> It's not so, I don't think it's that hard. I have a friend that was doing do. it with 
uh, I think they made ricotta, and then I think they made Ugh. that into like a wheel. I'll have to re-ask her, Ugh. but she tried it all of all of just Maybe it's just the idea of soft cheese in general, but like ricotta, uh, um, cottage cheese, like that's the most disgusting. It literally, it looks like someone ate like, you know, a good old fashioned stick of provolone and then just like, you know. No, say it. I don't think people understand what you're saying. Just barfed up that cheese into a Tupper, sealed it, and... Put it on the the Whole Foods shelf. Like, why would you ever want to eat that? Here's the thing. I'm pretty squeamish and don't like gross things, but even you describing that is not making me like either of those cheeses any less. Ricotta and a nice lasagna. I could make my own lasagna noodles and then make my own ricotta, and then I could make home, home, the homest made. Ugh. (laughs) God. I love... Someone (laughs) out... Someone at work just, like, eats cottage cheese straight, and I'm like, get out of my life. That's a little, like, at least put some fruit in it. Like, I'll get behind it if there's, like, a canned peach. Hey, hey, here's a a question for you. Just uh, initial reaction, hot take. Um, Scrambled eggs in the microwave. No. Thank you. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Someone did that at work, and I was like, Get the fuck out of here. No. I don't care. She's like, it tastes great. No, it, it doesn't matter. You can't do I don't that. like it. I don't like it. Well, I, w- I have principles. Good for you. No, good for you. I'm a principled... Like, I only get my hair cut at Supercuts. It's just me. This is the thing I do, and that's who I am. Yeah. It's true. You, uh, it's true. You look nice, though. Your hair looks nice. Uh... You don't. You don't have to lie to me. I wish. I wish I, it wasn't covered by that white helmet. No. <laughs> no. I think we can be honest. We're. I think we're both nervous on how to approach this documentary. Uh, white helmets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that we're we're feeling this way. Because, like, I think it's, it's a, you know, so White Helmets, it's about um, the people who, like, go into bombed-out buildings in Syria uh, to rescue people. And it just won the Academy uh, Award for uh, Documentary Short. For Documentary Short. Documentary Long was won by something OJ else. S- oh, OJ. OJ Made in America. What a year for OJ, huh? It was a big OJ year. I don't know why we were all into it. But it seems like he made a comeback <laughs> in kind yeah. of a big way. Uh, someone tweeted about how, like, OJ's going to be, OJ's going to EGOT. Oh, my God. He, I would die. Because he's already got um, an Oscar and an Emmy. Um, and 13th, which we watched, was up for grabs. Yeah. Was, was up, up for grabs? Up for the... Award? It was nominated award? for an award. Um, yeah, but it, whatever. They don't love it. I loved it. Yeah. Um... So White Helmets won the documentary. It's a Netflix original um, about this civilian group of men in Syria who um, rescues people from the rubble. And I guess, like, for me, I'm nervous. I I don't know. Nervous is the right word. I want to talk about it right. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like it's important to... Yeah. I mean, I think in the most basic way, and I think we both found this true, it was, like, really good to see what is happening 
Like, it is yeah. just, it exposes you, like, if you don't understand what's happening over there at all, like, watch this and you'll get a grasp of, like, just the humanity level of, like, what's happening. What I kept repeating over and over in my head is, like, anyone who sees this documentary and still thinks that there shouldn't be, that we shouldn't let Syrian refugees into America, like, doesn't have any empathy. Yeah. Like, I and that, that was kind of just, like, I kept thinking it over and over and over in my head. It was just like, oh my god, like, how can anyone look at this and look at this situation and say, like, we shouldn't help these people when we can? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing, like, the documentary was was not about, like, like specific storylines or specific people. It was totally, like, this group picture of what's happening. And I think that's because, like all of their individual stories at this point are kind of the same narrative. They've yeah. all lost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I, I think that's a good point. And there was a, something about the anonymity of it all that, like, that pointed out, that, that made it clear that, like, they, they kind of live in chaos, you know? Yeah. Um, they, there wasn't a lot of specifics about the politics behind it. And I think that was, in some ways, that was really smart because, like, the politics is unimportant, you know what I mean? When you have governments bombing people daily, you know, hundreds of times a day, um, why it's happening is really unimportant. And even to a certain extent, like, who's doing it is unimportant. Like, this isn't about, this isn't a story about that, this is a story about the people on the ground. Yeah. And, like, this is a group of people, like, they have come together to support each other. Um... Like, I loved when they found, like, a baby under rubble, and this guy was like, I heard a baby crying, and, like, I have a son at home, and all I could think of was, like, this is someone's son. And he's like, that's what motivates me. Like, I think every person I rescue to me feels like family. And I was like, that's, I don't know, just, like, it's just so uh, purposeful and cool Mm -hmm. that they all feel that way, and they just all want to help each other and survive this. Well, and it's, there's something... So, I don't know, weird isn't the right word, but, like, abnormal, I guess, about these, these, are, these are people who, when they hear a bomb, like, run towards the bomb instead of away. Um, and that's so admirable and shocking and strange. Like, that's not the, that's not the right reaction to have. Um, but, you know, thank God there are people who don't have the appropriate reaction and instead run towards it. Yeah. Well, and they go, they, it's organized as hell too. Um, Mm -hmm. so they actually go to training in Turkey. Yeah. Turkey. Um, and they go through just like not anything crazier other than getting people out from rubble. And that's like what they keep practicing and putting out fires and they go for training and they leave their family behind it's a month it's a month long training so like anything could happen in that time things do happen in that time well and it's so there's it's so weird because you know you take for granted that like when a building falls in america like there are people who are paid um to go and do something about it you know what i mean when when there's a disaster there are people who are paid to train to do something about it uh, and you kind of, we look towards our government, no matter how you feel about it, like when there's a disaster, we look towards our government to help us. Um, and it's so, 
bad and so horrible that they have to have this civilian group but like it's amazing to see it happen yeah no it's it's cool and who in the i should have looked up the name whoever made this or shot this film Mm, german guy um they're right up in the action oh orlando von einseidel okay cool yeah Uh, they this documentary did a thing that um uh we've seen other documentaries do but i really appreciated where they they had the people talk directly to us yeah did you notice that i did i did um and there's something especially in this where it's such a piece about humanity and about um the struggle of, of real people yeah um that having them talk directly to us like you made that connection yeah, I I noticed it, but I didn't think about it, how it was being, like, used. And you're right. Like, that's really interesting. Because it did feel like he was talking, you know, they were talking, like, right at me, to me. Well, can you imagine if, like, so you talked about that story where um, they they rescued the baby, yeah. right? And he was saying, you know, how, you know, all what you were saying about, like, it was his son, yada, yada. Like, can you imagine if that whole story was told with him looking off camera? like how much different that would have felt yeah no it would have been weird no it was a very good choice i just i hadn't even thought about it as as deeply it's fun too to think about how they do that um because like not every director does the same but like you have to set it up to be both comfortable for the person to be talking to a camera but also to be like practical where you can be like talking back to them right without it all being weird um, and I know that, um, what's his name, uh, Werner Herzog sets up a, like, teleprompter, essentially, except instead of having the words in front of the camera, it has his face in front of the camera. Um, so it's like a Skype, you know, interview almost. Um, but instead of looking at the camera, you're looking at the screen. Um, so you can make eye contact with him. Yeah, that's really cool. I hadn't, mm-hmm. I, I had thought about that. I was like, I wonder how it's set up. Because I always feel like, I feel like if I was supposed to look at the camera, I would keep looking, like, to, to my right, like, drifting. And I feel like if I'm supposed to, like, ignore the camera, I would just make, like, the most intense eye contact. No, absolutely. Like, no, no, I'm gonna, totally. no, I am looking at you. No, I am looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like... You want to get real emotion out of these people, and you want them to make a connection, but, like, how do you have them make a connection with an inanimate object, you know? Yeah. Um, so I bet that's what they do. They did, is that they set up a screen in front of the, like, in front of the camera with a one-way mirror kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but it, that was one thing that jumped out at me, is, like, being super effective at, like, getting an instant connection with these people. So what did you think of the idea that this was completely focused on these people and not necessarily, like, the families. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we didn't get an interview with anybody's wife. Like... I did notice that. Like, it was it was purely just these... The white helmets and not, like, any, any family ties. Well, I guess, like... I mean, I get that it was only 40 minutes, but I do think you're... That, that was something that I was kind of missing. Yeah. Um... But do you think it was, like, intentional, like, to keep it more focused? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe, I don't, um, yeah, that could have been it, that it was a, it was supposed to be, like, about them a kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, but I kind of would have liked, you know, they talked about themselves and they're all like so fucking humble all the time. Yeah. Um, it would have kind of been nice to hear someone else say, you know, a white helmet saved my life kind of a thing. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah, like what are their families going through every time a bomb goes off and they know that like their husband, brother, son, whatever is running out towards to it. go save other people. Yeah. Um, and I can also see that, like, you know, it's not necessarily easy, but, like, it's understandable that they say, like, you know, oh, everybody's my family, but, you know, you can be selfish of your own family members and be like, no, those people aren't your family, like... Yeah. You, like, stay with us. Yeah, and I feel like that would look differently in, like, other parts of the world. Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? Like, just that, like, I know that when when things happen, like, people band together and all that stuff. But, like, the um, the selflessness and sense of community here, I think, is, like, more built into the culture anyway. Mm. So, like, I think it's extra tight and extra personal to all of them, more so than that. it would be, like, here. Because, like, after, think about, like, after 9-11 happened. Like, sure, we all, like, banded together, but, like, that's that was very noticeable and intense where I think like these communities have been like strong for forever. Well, and I think there's something to be said about, you know, that it is ongoing trauma. Oh right? yeah. It's not like there was one incident and they're all looking back, you know, even probably in the middle of the interviews, they probably were like, yeah. And if there's a siren, like I'm leaving. Gots to like, go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I also, I also wonder, I, or I thought it was interesting that um, the documentary was entirely in Arabic. Yeah. Um, I think it was real. That's really one of the first ones of those we've seen, too, where, like, we stick to a, f- quote, foreign language. You had to you um, had to read the whole movie for us. Like, you couldn't yeah. not pay attention because you had to read. There was, there was also a number of times where it would say um, in, like, quotations or, you know, in parentheses, like, speaking Arabic. Yeah. Um, or Arabic speaking, and they wouldn't translate it, which I wondered, I kind of wondered why that, um, why that happened. Um, yeah. And what, like, what it, what, not necessarily did we miss, but, like, what do you gain by being an Arabic speaker and, and watching it, knowing things? I should, my brother took, like, three years in college, Yeah, I should totally... Arabic's mad hard. He loved it. He really loved it. It's actually really cool to see it written, too. I don't know. I think it's, like, kind of pretty looking. That was really um, do do Duolingo. I just started Duolingo with um, Hebrew and German to try to brush up. Oh, good for you. It's not going so well. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really, really bad at foreign languages. Do you already have knowledge of both of those? Yeah, I took German all throughout high school and took Hebrew all throughout college. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't really do it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Duolingo. All right. Big, they're a sponsor of the program. <laughs> but, yeah. I can't wait till we have one sponsor of the program. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today, actually, about how, like, maybe we should just start selling something. Um, could be Duolingo. And then... Uh, Eventually, people will just, you know, people who miss this episode will just assume that we actually do have a sponsor. Yeah, you're right. 
Not that anyone would miss an episode no. of our podcast. Never. I'm uh, sure everyone must, listens to every single one of them, always. Must listen podcast. Hey, uh, big news. We're uh, number 645 on the charts. So, uh, that, there's no way. That's higher up than I would think we would be. Yeah, we're much lower than that. Basically. It's fine. There was... Did you get the... Did you get a... Have you ever seen... Not necessarily documentaries, but have you ever seen, like, clips or whatever, like, reports about those guys who, like, dress up like superheroes and are, like, very vigilant... Like, they're vigilantes and they, like, go around fighting crime? No. You haven't? No, but I want to. So, like... So there's, like... In America, there are these guys... In cities, I have to forget which ones, who, like, dress up like superheroes and, like, go around fighting crime. And it's, like, bad because they're, like, totally, you know, untrained and, like, they suck at what they're doing. Um, and they're just, like, kind of middle-aged guys, like, you know, yeah. have mace. Um, yeah. But there was, but there, whenever they have a news story about them, they always um, kind of highlight the uh, heroism that's, like, innate in vigilante justice you know what i mean yeah like that like there's a certain quality of like i you know i have to protect my city like or no one else is gonna protect it you know like it's all about me yeah um and in a much less uh obviously cheesy way like i got that vibe from this where it was like there was something so vigilante like super like genuine superhero about these white helmet guys yeah um like, there could be a, a comic book movie about them, almost. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, they, they were all into being a part of it, but you could also tell, like, it was, like, an honor to do that. Like, I feel like, I feel like they all felt that. Definitely. Definitely. Not, let's, let's, uh, let's be honest. Okay, okay. We're, neither of us would be White Helmets. No, no, I would like, I to, would think like I would to think I would be. Oh, I don't think I would be at all. <laughs> I, I would, I'm not a run towards explosion kind of thing, kind of person, but I'm like really glad that there are people like that. But, but, but the other thing though is like the circumstances. Like, it's survival. Like, yeah. not to like talk about The Walking Dead, but let's talk about The Walking Dead. Uh... One of the cool things on that show is seeing, like, character transformation and this idea of, like, you are just trying to survive. Like, it is pure, you do what you have to. And, like, human nature is to do that, like, whatever it takes. So I feel like, mm-hmm. I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying that we for sure would, but I don't think either of us are in, like, this type of circumstance or have been ever. No, def- like, definitely not. I don't know. You might but there's something. Yourself. It takes it one step further. It's it's one thing, like you know, you kind of assume self preservation, yeah. right? But like, it's a totally other thing to be caring about strangers. Yeah. Um, but. It, and it also kind of just sucks that they have to do it at all. Yeah. Like you know, obviously the situation sucks, but like there should be trained people there who are on their yeah. side. No, it's true. They shouldn't be left alone. The other thing I I really liked is that um, kind of this idea of, like, masculinity 
and not showing emotion, blah, 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 blah. Um, but they were all experiencing the same grief. Um, there is mm-hmm. a part where one guy was waiting to hear if his brother, like a hospital had been bombed and his brother was there and this guy, there was just this uncertain amount of time where he didn't know either way. And so you see him like wait, waiting by the phone and like on the phone all the time. And you see these other guys talking about it. And one guy's like, yeah, like I get that. Like my brother died five months ago and like, you know, it's still hard. And the other guy was like, yeah, he just needs to cry and like deal with it. And I was like, that is so mature and healthy. <laughs> like, yeah. I love no, that. There was, they're not- there was a lot of moments in it where it was like, they handle masculinity so much differently than repressed Americans Well, do. and they just understand that, like, grief is a thing that is going to happen. Like, they're all in a state of grief. Like, no one's untouched Constantly. by this. And, like, they're always going to be getting news. And, like, for them, it's like they have to deal with it, grieve, process, understand it, and, like, keep fighting. You know, like, that's their process. Well, you know, there's there's the saying like comedy is tragedy plus time, and I don't know that the and I don't think the situation in Syria like ever becomes becomes comedy. Like I, I I'm not saying that, but I do think that there's a certain amount for like just grieving and like getting over trauma and and tragedy. Like you need to have time, and th- what this documentary is showing is like just the tragedy without without giving them any opportunity to decompress if that's the right word you know what i mean like they every single day they're living is tragedy um and with no end in sight for them they're also just like so not all of them but some of them are so like unbelievably optimistic they are they're like Um, tomorrow's gonna be better i was like but like you know it's not but like, I guess you have to say it out loud. I don't know. That was that was surprising. I wasn't expecting. I mean, that. for in terms of like keeping uh, yourself motivated, I I don't see how you could not think that way. Like, that's what motivates yeah. you to fight. If you if you sink into the idea that like this is just terrible, then it's just gonna overtake you and be terrible. You know what I didn't notice, but now I'm thinking about, it and I really appreciate this didn't end with a call to action um no it just talked it about did, them it and like it, obviously i think the call to action is implied right like the whole thing is like look at how fucked up this situation is yeah. but um i think it was a smart move to um not at the end say like now you like now you have to do something yeah. because it kind of um it treated us like we were intelligent uh, and treated us like we were compassionate people. Yeah. Um, I think that was a really smart, uh, I don't know, tactic. Yeah. No, at the end, I wanted to try and look up the stats. Oh, um, since 2013, I think it was 130 white helmets have died. Um, and thousands of Syrians have died. I don't remember how many yeah. they said. Oh, I can't find it. Oh, okay, I found it. Yeah, so 140 of them have died, but they've saved 60,000 people. 
Right. Which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's a ton of that's a ton of freaking people that they've saved. Like that number is kind of insane for a civilian group. That, tra- oh, that without, trains without for a question. month. Um, but and and like on the flip side though, like um, like the fact that uh, they've had sixty thousand people to save um, is is crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's insane. I mean, this was a great documentary. Oh, this what? sucks. Uh, Rush after the Oscar win, Russian embassy calls Syrians white helmets quote actors and not lifesavers. And listen, that's I was just searching right now to see if there was some place you could donate money. That's what I was looking for. You, you, that was upsetting. That is upsetting. No, this was cool. Like, it gives you a look into what the hell's happening, and it's inspiring. You see a bunch of people who are, they've come together to just literally help each other out and save people. So if you want to donate to the White Helmets, you can just go to whitehelmets.org. But also, uh, I'll post a link when I post this to, um, gross is the Huffington Post, I know, but the Huffington Post has a list of charities specifically helping, uh, Syrian, Syrians. Dope. So I'll post that too. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Highly recommend. Yeah, and... You know, fuck you if you don't have 40 minutes. Like, watch yeah. this. Um, unless, like, you know, you don't have 40 minutes. You know, don't watch it. Um, next week, we're watching Puppies Who Can Fly. No, what are we, what are we doing next week? All right. I don't... I didn't read anything about it. I just saw the title, and I was like, this is for me. It's called mm-hmm. Chuck Norris vs. Communism. Oh god. That's amazing. Uh, okay. No, we're going to do it. It's going to be cool. No, I'm It's going to be great. Anything with Chuck Norris, I'm in. I'm on board. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Probably. I know nothing. I don't know anything about Chuck Norris except for that when he does push-ups, he doesn't push up. He pushes the world down. That's all I know about. He's just about. nuts. Um and I feel like he's like the the butt of a lot of jokes. I don't know. Check Norris um, communism. For, for next week, I'd like to issue a challenge. Uh, find the best Chuck Norris joke you can, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have a contest okay. next week. Chuck Norris. Chuck, 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 Chuck joke off. No. The Chuck, the Chuck off. Um, if you want to follow us, we're in all sorts of places. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, podcast.com slash podcast time. <laughs> Uh, we're on iTunes. We're sponsored by uh, all the different sponsors. Uh, go to Google, uh, and the first thing that c- comes up, we're sponsored by them. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll post the links to that stuff. I don't have a quote, but I think that's good enough. I'll post links to that stuff, and uh, hopefully people could donate money or whatever. Um, because Lord knows the U.S. government isn't... <laughs> Gonna do anything about it. Yay! 
So, uh, so that's the thing.